Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to have everybody here. <laughs> All dozen of you. <laughs> we made it though, didn't we? I'm really, I am really glad to be here, regardless of who is or isn't here or who may or may not be watching online right now. It is great to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Yes. Now, I want to open with this greeting that Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Pray with me, will you? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for bringing us together this morning in this place. Thank you, Lord, that your presence has already been here and you've invited us in. I pray, Father, that everything that is said and done here this morning would bring honor and glory to you and to you alone. And continue to be with us throughout this service as we lift our worship sacrifice to you in song, as we lift our worship sacrifices in prayer and in praise, Lord. May you be pleased by the aroma of our worship. We pray these things in your heavenly and holy name. Amen. The high saws and a couple of extras are, gonna, <laughs> are going to lead us now in worship. Good morning. If you're willing and able, stand with us and join us in worship.
with nervousness that we go into this next year you know this whole coronavirus thing and the isolation and our own personal battles right on top of that have made it so that it can be hard to know if we're going through with 
you know, in encouragement and with, with excitement or if we're going through with, with trepidation and, and fear, but our God's going to be with us regardless, regardless of what happens here. He, he is so above it and through it and in it. And if you, if you look for it, you can completely see him in the midst of these things that are trying so desperately to get us down. Our Lord will never let us go. And, and even though we, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, his perfect love is always casting out our fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back, I know you are near, and I will fear no evil, for my God is with me, and if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear, whom then shall I Bye. 
on until that day comes. Still I will praise you. Still I will praise you. existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Pray with me, will you? Lord, we thank you. This day after Christmas, when we've been so um, obviously reminded of your coming, but Lord, that not only did you come as a baby at one point in history, but Father, you have always existed. You were there at the beginning, you will be there at the end, and you have been there before and will always be there after, Lord. I thank you, Father, for being the eternal God that you are. I thank you, Lord, that we can call this eternal God, this great and mighty and glorious God, Father, that you do walk with us through everything we walk through, Lord. There's nothing happening in our lives, good or bad, Lord, that we have to fear because you walk with us. I thank you for that, Lord, and I give you the praise and the glory for all that we have been through this week. Some of it was stressful. Some of it was chaotic. Some of it was peaceful. Some of it was glorious. But for all of it, Lord... It all occurred for your glory. Be with us in the rest of this service, Lord. And as the, the word is brought to, the, to, to us here this morning, Lord, may everything that is said and done be pleasing to you. We pray these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. We're waving. Our numbers have gone up in the area, so we're waving at each other still. Um, we are not ready to start wandering around and hugging and kissing each other. Well, maybe just the hugging part. Um, <laughs> just hugging each other and, and whatnot. So um, go ahead and have a seat. We do have a few announcements um, that I would like to... Where'd this, there it is, the stool. Um, that I'd like to remind you of. Um, they were on the slides before, but nonetheless. Um, next week, Pastor Rich will be back here with us, and he is going to be starting a new sermon series. It's in your bulletin, How to Bless Your Neighbor. I'm really excited about this sermon series. I can't wait to hear what God has given Rich to share with us. Um, also, we have the Warm, warm a Home 
fund, and this, this fund um, pools our resources here at Living Hope and then with other churches in the community so that um, folks who are need, in need through especially the winter season, they can go to one place and talk to one person and get the help they need instead of going from church to church and place to place. So if you are wanting to give to that, um, as well as just giving your regular offerings, um, you can go to livinghope.info forward slash give. And if you have a question or a comment or a need, um, feel free to also reach out on livinghope.info forward slash connect. Yay, I got a thumbs up from the back. <laughs> Yay, I got it right. Um, <coughs> pardon me, I don't have what Pastor Rich has, I promise. Um, also, we are really close in our Habitat for Humanity on reaching our $10,000 matching, $10, matching goal. If you have not given yet and you would like to, go to livinghope.info forward slash habitat. You can give there. Um, and... We would love to see that $10,000 matching grant met. It's a, it's a tremendous thing to, to I, I, the last build we were part of, I got to be a part of the family being um, blessed into their home. They did a, a home blessing before the family actually took possession. And it was tremendous to watch this family who had been housing insecure and home insecure for a very long time be able to walk into this home and show it off with pride and welcome people there and, and show hospitality to people. It really was a tremendous thing to be a part of, and I'm, I'm really glad to be a part of this, this build, too. And then coming up January 21st and 22nd at Duneland Church, our sister church in Chesterton, they are having a Follow the, follow the Way Discipleship Workshop. Um, you can go ahead and go to the the website there, livinghope.info forward slash gravity for information. So, here we are. <laughs> Another Christmas is in the books. I don't know about you or anybody else, but I feel like I need to stop and just take a deep breath for a minute. Anybody else? Do we want to do that real quick? Everybody breathe in and breathe out. Doesn't it feel better? <laughs> it does for me. It does for me. Anyway, um, I really, really hope, I, I, I hope and pray that Christmas this year brought you happy memories and the gift of Jesus' presence. And that that presence of Jesus carries you not just through the next few days or, or the next couple of weeks, but actually that it carries, it carries you into the next year, into 2022. Boy, a year ago, we thought, man, 2021 is going to be so much better, didn't we? <laughs> yes, thank you for that back there. Um, we really thought it was going to be so much better, that this coronavirus was going to clear up, that we would be back to normal by this time. <laughs> I've given up on normal, I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's any such thing anymore. It just is what it is, isn't it? And, but in this in-between time that we have between Christmas and the new year, which is coming up really quick, um, this is often a time that we take a moment, hopefully a few moments, to stop and reflect. To reflect over the past year, or maybe a couple of years. It's been a couple of years, has it not? And, um, and then to look ahead to the future. It's a time for us to set goals or make resolutions. 
I hate that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I stopped making resolutions a long time ago for a couple of reasons. Um, most of them were unrealistic. Let's just be honest. They were unrealistic. And I uh, pretty much never kept my resolutions. So rather than feeling like a failure, I just stopped making them. <laughs> Anybody else? Am I the only one? That okay, I'm not alone in that. Good, good. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't look back and reflect on the year behind us so that we, in turn, can reflect on what God has brought us through and then to reflect on how we approach the coming year. So this morning, we're going to take the opportunity to look at what Scripture might say about doing just that very thing. If you look with me um, at Colossians 3, it's in your handout, and it's also on the, it will be on the screen. Um, starting in verses 5 to 9, it says this. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexu sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming, and you used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. That is really quite a list, isn't it? Paul doesn't pull punches. I think that's one of the things I like about Paul. He just kind of lays it out there. I like that about him. He, he doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't use innuendo. He lays it out, period, okay? There's a lot of bad stuff in these verses. And Paul, as he's writing this letter to the church in Colossae, is actually addressing some things that the folks there have been dealing with. Many of the behaviors that he describes in this couple of verses actually had started showing up in the lives of the church folk there. You know, there was church folk then, just like there's church folk now, right? There's nothing new under the sun is what Lamentations tells us, right? So <clears throat> anyway, and this is not, I'm not accusing anybody here or anybody watching online or now or who will watch it later. Not by any means. This is not an accusation. But I believe there's a principle here that we can draw from Paul's words. You see, he was instructing the people to examine their lives and to put to death anything that was lurking there that was unpleasing to God. To get rid of the things that they did that before they started following Jesus that were ungodly or unchristlike. Now, when we start looking at ourselves like this, in light of this, it gets a little risky, doesn't it? We have to be really honest. And this is part of the reflection part of looking back on the year or the years that have passed and allowing God to show us those places where maybe we've been less than faithful or we've made other things more important than our relationship with him or maybe even places where we've just flat out failed him. And you might have heard this, if you've been around the church for a little while, you might have heard this term um, of this being called being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Maybe not, and that's okay, but whether you have or not, when we review this last year, there are two thoughts that came to my mind in regards to this. The first one, and I have a lot of thoughts, but these were two that I could actually focus in on. But the first one is to look back at this time realistically. It's easy to try and look at things in the past with rose-colored glasses, and glossing over the things that were not so good or maybe even really terrible in an attempt to convince ourselves that it really wasn't all that bad. 
what happened, what they did, what I did, it really is no big deal, right? Or perhaps we're overly critical of ourselves and the places where we really, truly did our best to follow God, but just didn't quite hit the mark. It's important to really, really listen to the Holy Spirit in this process so that we can realistically evaluate our lives and not mistake that inner voice. You know that not everybody has this inner voice. We found out not too long ago. Not everybody has that inner voice. But that inner voice that says to us that nothing is our fault or everything is our fault, right? It, for the, that we need to listen to the voice of truth. And that voice is actually the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the voice of God. And when we hear his voice, to then act on it. The second thought I had, and like I said, there were a lot, but we're going to narrow it down to just these two. Um, the second thought I had was to look back graciously. There are likely to be places where we failed. That's the reality. I know there are, there are places for me where I have failed. Just maybe, probably, likely, absolutely this week. <laughs> um, there's no way I can stand up here this morning or any other time and say to you that I've had a perfect day, a perfect year, a perfect life, and made no mistakes and had no failings at any point along the way because that would be an absolute lie. I fail. I try not to. My intention is not to, but sometimes I do, okay? And um, I tend to be my own worst critic. Anybody else? I am harsher on myself than anybody else would ever think to be, probably. Um, and I tend to judge myself more harshly than most people will. And I know that my father, God, though he may discipline me, and he does, he does discipline me, he does so with so much grace and so much mercy. And I'm learning to hear and trust the voice of God telling me where I'm lacking rather than that voice that would keep me defeated. And when I do hear his voice, he and I can have that conversation about what I need to do to make things right between us. And that brings us to the next part of reflecting and evaluating this last year, reflecting on and evaluating. And that's the part where we get to, that we get to do after the Holy Spirit shows us those places that are damaged or broken. I would, I, I have to admit, there are places in my life, places in, in my relationships that are not completely whole. That's just the truth. Some of it is um, circumstances that are beyond my control. Some of it are choices that other people have made. Some of it may be choices I have made. And I need the Lord to show that to me for me to make that right. But... Um, the Spirit, as he shows us those places that are damaged or broken, we have action we can take. And we're going to look at verses 8 and 9 of Colossians 3. And it says, But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, and malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Now maybe this is you, maybe it isn't, 
Not everyone listening or who will hear this message necessarily is dealing with anger or rage or being malicious. And not everyone is slandering or using dirty language or lying to people. I'd like to think that many of us here this morning are not doing any of these things. But that doesn't mean that there aren't parts of our old sinful nature, that part of us that wants what we want more than we want what God wants, hasn't crept into our hearts and lives. It's easy to have happen if we're not diligent. And these are the types of things that we get rid of when we decide to be a follower of Jesus and are part of the evaluation and the reflection we have the opportunity to do this next week as we go into a new and hopefully a lot better year. <laughs> so we've taken a moment and we've reflected, not necessarily right now in this moment, but you know, I do encourage you today, tomorrow, I know a lot of us are going back to work tomorrow, but I do encourage you to, t <laughs> except for the teachers, I'm a little jealous, only a little, because God did not call me to be a teacher. Mm, there's a reason for that, a good reason, and we can talk about that later. But anyway, um, but once we reflected on this place, or where we are, and, and God has shown us where we have performed less than stellar, what, what do we do? How do we, how do we move forward from that? And the first thing we need to do, and I really believe this, is that we need to confess those things. Now here at Living Hope, we are not part of a tradition that requires confession to a priest or to a pastor. That's just not our tradition. Um, that's not to criticize anybody who does, and that's part of their tradition, but we just don't necessarily. doesn't mean you can't go and talk to Pastor Rich or another pastor and talk to them about those sins and failings, but we don't require it, okay? We believe in confessing directly to God those sins and those failures that God makes us aware of. And the next step in that is to repent, to express sorrow for those things. And the difference between repentance and being sorry do you, guys, do you guys, have you ever heard this? Being sorry is you sorry you got caught, right? Being repentant means that you're sorry you did it at all and you never want to do it again. So the next step is to repent and express the sorrow for those things that he shows us in, the, in our lives, those places in our lives where, where we have missed the mark. We've missed the standard that God has set for us. And then if the things that God reveals involve other people, <clears throat> there's another action that we have to take. It's a, it's a whole other conversation because it involves that person. Matthew 5, and, and I apologize. Um, I didn't get this one. Don't panic, Katie. It's all good. Um, I didn't get this to pastor in time to get on the slides or in your handout. But in Matthew 5, verses 23 and 24, it says this. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar on the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now, we don't worship God with sacrifices the way the Jews of Jesus' day did. We're not bringing our lambs and our doves and our bulls into the temple to be slaughtered and sacrificed and burned. But I believe that we can, we can um, 
substitute the word sacrifice appropriately with the word worship, okay? And that this passage will still stay true to the underlying truth that's here. So let's hear it in a way that applies to us right here, right now. So, so if you're presenting your worship at the altar in the temple or in the church, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your worship there. Go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your worship to God. And this is an important part of the next steps that we take in this process of looking ahead. Because you notice it doesn't say if you have something against someone, not if you've been offended and you're mad at someone. It doesn't say that. It says if someone has something against you, go and make it right. Now, we don't always know, we don't always know if we've offended someone or if there's something between someone that they have against us. But if God makes it aware to you, makes you aware of it, that sounded weird when I said it. If God makes you aware of something in your life that has been offensive to someone else, it's on you to go and make it right. And this is a very important distinction. If you have something against someone, then you and God work out the anger and the angst and all of that between the two of you. But if you've been the one to do the hurting or the offending, it's your responsibility to make the first step in making it right. So the next steps are really kind of simple. Not necessarily easy, but simple. <laughs> so let's look at the next part of Colossians 3, verses 10 to 15. And it says to us, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. And since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, I, I just, and this is not in my notes. This is, this one's for free, okay? So, <laughs> it's all kind of for free, but um, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, man, God chose us to be holy. He chose us to be the people that he loves. I don't know about you, but that, that does something that's just something in my heart to understand that while, yes, I, I need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, he still chose me before I was ever formed, before anybody in, on this earth ever knew that I even was going to exist. God chose me. God chose you, each and every one of us, to be the holy people that he loves. And in, in that, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Boy, if our culture is an offending culture today, whew, forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Wow, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in that, those few verses. And this passage is kind of a step-by-step -step principle 
Paul here, he writes first that we're to put away, put, I'm sorry, put on our new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Our new nature is the nature of Christ. There is no expectation that the minute we start following Jesus that we're going to know all the right things to do or we'll immediately be just like him. Now it says we'll be transformed, we'll be changed, but it takes time. Once we have that new nature on, it takes time to be renewed and to learn about our creator, about God, about this savior, so that we can become more and more and more and more and more like him. Here it says that as we get to know Jesus more and more, we'll become more like him. We get to know Jesus more by what? Reading the Bible, studying how he thought and how Jesus behaved and how he treated people, how he related to the Father, and by learning from people who have learned from Jesus. You know, Paul, Paul said more than once, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow my example. Not, that, that's Paul, not me. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but we get to know Jesus by getting to know his word, by studying who he is and how he behaved. And as we study that and we, we dwell on that and we digest it and we internalize it, we let it settle really deep down into our hearts, it changes us day by day, little by little, moment by moment, circumstance by circumstance, right? And then the final part here in this passage, I actually use this a lot, this final part, in wedding ceremonies. <laughs> You'll see why when, I, when we read it, but um, it's, in my opinion, it's very good advice for newlywed couples, okay? Because it outlines how to relate to each other. But there are absolutely wider applications in this part of the passage. And it's really super practical um, for those of us who live in families and communities and have jobs or just interact with people in general, okay? Um, so let's look at it a little more closely. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, remember we just talked about that in the passage before, <clears throat> you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. We've read this already, right? But remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We've read that twice, and I did that on purpose, I'm going to be honest. Because there's an action word in here. This isn't just a, an ideal or a, a, a concept. There's action words in here. The action word clothe in this passage implies that we have a choice whether or not we take these actions. We can choose to dress ourselves just like we choose our outfit or our uniform in the mornings. We can choose to dress ourselves every morning with tenderness or tender-hearted mercy kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We can choose to make allowances for each other or not. <laughs> we can choose to forgive those who offend us or not. We can choose to put on the garment of love. These are all actions on our part 
So that when we choose to take them or not, we are woven together in harmony and unity, and we have peace between us. This is true in a family, in a workplace, in a community, in a church. If you don't think that we need to put on tenderhearted mercy at church, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> because none of us, myself included, none of us is perfect. And if you don't think we need to make allowance for each other, I hope and pray you make allowances for those places in my life that I don't always hit the mark. It's difficult at best to be at peace with those around us, with the folks that we come into contact regularly. Like I said, whether it's family, work, community, church, whatever it is. But as we get to know more about God and become more like him and choose to put on these things, these attributes of mercy and kindness and gentleness and humility and patience, and as we walk into this new year, we'll have the framework for our goals this, this next year and really for the years to come and for the changes we might like to see in our lives. I know there's places in my life I would like to see God transform. Even after all this time of knowing Jesus and following Jesus, there are still places I want God to transform me. Maybe they're small, maybe they're big. Maybe I think they're small and they're big. And maybe I think they're big and they're small. But God, is he reveals those things to me, it's my desire to use this framework that, that's given to us in this passage <clears throat> to reach the goal of being more and more like Jesus this next year and going forward. Now these goals, this framework, these attributes that we clothe ourselves in, they will not necessarily make us richer or thinner or get us into better shape, which is usually what most New Year's resolutions involve, right? But um, they will, they will make us more like Jesus. We will look and act and smell and sound and relate more like Jesus. And that's not just for our benefit. It actually opens us up to opportunities for us to share the good news of the transformation that God makes in us and in our lives as we walk into and through this coming year. I encourage you to make this the desire of your heart. Now, I'm not saying don't make New, New Year's resolutions. There's nothing wrong with those. Again, I gave them up because I couldn't attain them. But I certainly have a desire to look and act and be and behave more and more like Jesus. And I encourage you, each of you here and each of you who may watch this, to make that your goal as we walk into this next year. Pray with me if you would, please. Lord, I so, so appreciate, and that's such a, such a shallow word, Father. I, I'm so thankful for your word and for what it teaches us and what it tells us about being more like you. How we can, though we may fail, look and act and think more the way you do each and every day. 
I thank you, Lord, for the instructions that you have given us. For, Lord, sometimes the admonition that you give us. Sometimes for the discipline that you give us. For the things in our lives that don't always glorify you. And, Father, I thank you for the grace and mercy that you show us when we fail. Lord, I just ask for each and every person here, each and every person who will listen to this, Father, that you would encourage their hearts. This message is not meant to be discouraging, Lord. It's meant to be uplifting and encouraging to those of us who feel like failures, Lord, that you are merciful and you are gracious. You are a kind and loving God, though you do discipline us though you do admonish us, uh, admonish us, and though you do desire for us to look and be and act and think more like you. Father, we thank you for this season that we've come through. I thank you for Christmas. With all of the chaos, with all of the stress, with all of the joy, with all of the proclamation, Lord, with all of all of it, I thank you for it. Because, Lord, what it did is it, it looked forward it looked forward to your sacrifice on the cross for us. Lord, as we get ready to enter into communion this morning, though you came as a baby, I thank you for the cross. Though we have been focusing on the manger, Lord, the ultimate goal was your death and resurrection so that we could have new, enduring, everlasting life in you. Lord, as we bring the elements to you, the bread and the juice, I pray, Father, for your blessing on these elements. I pray, Father, that we will be mindful of the night that you broke the bread and you, you gave the wine, asking us, instructing your disciples and us to eat and drink in remembrance of you. Even in this Christmas season, Lord, it's a reminder of who you are, what you've done for us, and what we can be in you. And I thank you, Lord, for that. And now join me, if you would, in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now as the high saws come to play again, please join me in receiving the communion elements. I'll be on the floor with bread and juice. And you can take a piece of bread and dip it into the cup. There are... Um, gluten-free wafers in the basket. If you're not comfortable coming forward, totally understand that. There are elements on your table. Please feel free to partake, partake of them as the rest of us um, come forward for communion.
sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look to you and give you peace. Amen. Have a fantastic week of reflection and celebration as we go into 2022. Yes, 2022. <laughs> That's so hard to say. 20